but I just want to confess to you this morning that I am overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed to see believers all across the city worshiping together. And uh, before I start this morning, I thought it would be good to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, My name is Dave McTaggart, and uh, there's probably two reasons why I was asked to speak this morning. The first one is, and I'm not positive this, but I think I'm the only pastor that was actually born in Langley. I've been in Langley my whole life, other than for a short stint in White Rock. And I also want to say, when I refer to Langley, I'm not just meaning the township or the city. It's Langley. This is the church of Langley. I think the second partying last night and actually didn't want to have to speak this morning and prepare. I noticed many churches were shut down this week and they weren't working on messages. And, uh, I'm not certain what that is, but uh, yeah, I was raised in Langley, went to Langley Central Elementary School, which is uh, now Fraser Crossing and Starbucks, so I still go there. And uh, my wife and I graduated from Langley High School with C-plus honors. So I've lived my entire life in Langley, a short stint going to university in Vancouver, but the rest of the time was in Langley. I want to tell you this morning, and I believe many of you feel the same way, I love this city. Langley is an amazing city. I also love uh, the people in the city, and over the years, we've been in Langley ministering for 15 years, have got to know many of the Christian leaders and pastors, and uh, I just want to tell you, we have some amazing pastors and leaders that are believers and followers of Jesus that represent the church throughout the city. Many of them have become good friends, but I just want to honor and respect all of the pastors. Maybe I can... Langley, why don't you just stand right now? These are great leaders. Well, this morning I want to briefly spend some time talking to you about Jesus' high priestly prayer in John chapter 17 and through various songs and words and prayers this morning. This has already been referred to a number of times. And Jesus prays this prayer in John chapter 17. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because a couple of verses before we get to chapter 17, the disciples finally get it. And it's kind of like in verse 29 of chapter 16, the disciples say, oh, now we get it. Now you're speaking in plain truth. And Jesus had been trying to explain to them why he had to leave them and that he was going to send his Holy Spirit, that it was actually an advantage for us, for him to go, that he would send his Spirit. And so now he comes to this prayer in John chapter 17. Jesus' life had a climax, and the climax was the cross. The glory of life. The cross for Jesus was the glory of life, but it was also the way to glory for eternity. 
So in this passage, I'm just going to take two verses, but Jesus first prays for himself and what God has for him. Secondly, he prays for the disciples, those that he's gathered around him. And thirdly, he prays for all who would believe. And I am just so amazed. Come on, you guys. Jesus' last prayer was for us. Jesus' last prayer before he went to the cross was for all who would believe. Turn with me to John chapter 17. And I'm just going to read verses 20 to 21. Jesus prays this, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe in me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask this morning in these few short moments that you would birth in us a revelation of what you desire for your church and for your people, for all who believe in you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have prayed for us and that you have shown us your great desire. I ask this morning by your Holy Spirit you would Reveal this truth to us in our hearts, in Jesus' name. A couple of months ago when they asked if I would speak, as I was praying about it, I felt the Holy Spirit just put this phrase on my heart, and that is, our differences won't make a difference. Our unity will. Jesus did not pray for a unity of organization, or administration. He didn't pray that we would do everything exactly the same way and look exactly the same way and just everyone would be the same. He prayed that we would be the way He was with His Father God, that we would be one in heart. Praying for not administration, but Jesus is praying for us, all who would believe that we would be in relationship. That's what he was praying for, his relationship with his father. And in that relationship, there's two things to me that stick out. One is obedience and one is love. He obeyed his father's word. He obeyed his father's plan. But there was a deep, deep love between Jesus and his father. And he's asking us that that same expression would be evident in our lives. The world sees us, and I'm sad to say they see disunity. They see different facets. They hear Christians speaking out here and speaking out there, and yet Jesus' heart and Jesus' prayer was that we would be one. So what does he mean by this unity? What was Jesus trying to see? Because we, can I just say to you this morning that if we want to see Langley 
totally impacted and influenced by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to come to grips with what he is asking by saying that they would be one, just as you and I are one. The world cannot see the supreme value of our Christian faith. It's our individual and corporate responsibility to demonstrate unity, oneness, so that the world would believe. I think today, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily, I think this is a great expression of unity, but this might not define unity, but I think this speaks volumes to our city. To know that churches across the city have put signs up on their door and said, hey, we're going to the event center and we're going to worship together with other churches. And I just want to sow a little seed. Do you think it would be possible for us to actually fill the event center with believers worshiping God? About half of you do. But I, I think it's just it's one act, one thing that we can do to demonstrate that we're together and we worship the same God. We lift up the name of Jesus together. Unity, unity is not uniformity. You can have, <laughs> you can have uniformity or you can have union without unity. Just try tying two cats together and throwing them over a clothesline. Okay. That was supposed to be like a little bit of a joke. Can you hear back there? Oh. But I believe we don't have to all be the same. We don't have to be the same denomination. We don't have to go to the same church. We don't have to be in the same building. We don't even have to do church the same way. But we can be equal. We can be distinct, but not divided. If you look at Jesus in this prayer, Jesus and His Father, they are one. They're joined together. They are totally united as one. And yet they both had distinct responsibilities. They were joined and united but they were distinct. And I believe that we can be that expression in this city with different denominations, different churches, different ways of worshiping. But there are ecumenical groups throughout North America who believe we can just all be united. It doesn't really matter what we believe. And so what I want to share with you very quickly this morning as I conclude is what I feel are three fundamental things that actually join us together as believers. And these are three things that Jesus mentions in his prayer. And uh, I don't think it's anything new, so I feel like I'm just reminding you about this. And the first thing is this. This is all about one man, the man Jesus Christ. We can strive for unity and we can feed the poor and we can pray for the sick and we can do tons of activities. We can do Love Langley once a month. But if we're striving for unity by doing those things, we'll miss the point. 
As a matter of fact, all of those things then become the focus. And I want to just say to you this morning that the churches of Langley, the one thing that is important is the fact that we worship one man, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. That is the church of Langley. If we do events and we do things, and and please, I think this is awesome, we just become organizational. And what Jesus is asking is that we become relational. That we, we're worshiping one with another. And, you know, you look and you're sitting beside someone maybe you've never sat before, sat beside before, and you're thinking, you probably don't have anything in common, different hobbies you didn't, maybe you haven't even spoken to them. But we do have one thing in common, and that is one man, Jesus Christ. are united under the name of Jesus Christ because we worship and believe in Him. This is entirely, solely, utterly, thoroughly, and completely about Jesus. Jesus, we sang it this morning, Jesus must be the center. Do you know, if we, as churches of Langley, because we, we don't get together every weekend and we don't meet all the time, and we're, but as believers, if we keep the central part, the central focus, Jesus Christ, feeding the poor will be a byproduct. Praying for the sick and seeing miracles in our city will be a byproduct because our hearts and our minds are focused on the one man, Jesus Christ. I want to tell you this morning, there is no other God but Jesus. There is one God, one Lord. Come on, that's what we're here for. There are Christians around the world that would talk about other gods and many gods and different ways to heaven, but I am here to tell you this morning as the Church of Langley, the thing that unites us is the name of Jesus Christ and following Jesus Christ and making Him the center of everything we do. In your life, at work, wherever you are, Jesus Christ must be the center. I know you thought this would be more profound, and you all know that. But come on, church, can I encourage you that we, you know, there are differences. We have, there's secondary differences. There's certain doctrines that maybe we don't agree on and everything. But there's one thing we do agree, that Jesus died and rose again. That Jesus was born of a virgin. He came to earth to save us from our sin. He died on the cross, rose again. And that's our message. The second thing is this. One man, one message. Like I said, we can have a lot of different doctrines and theologies. But our primary message here this morning is the same. And uh, you can put the scriptures up if you want. Just a couple of scriptures. John 17, 17, he says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Romans 10, 9, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We have one message. One message for the world. One message for our city. One message for our neighbors. Because I believe here we all believe in Jesus. We all believe that he's Lord. We believe that he died and rose again. I believe, now if I'm wrong, 
I could be in the wrong One message. We believe that we are all sinners saved by grace. We believe in eternal life through Jesus Christ. Those are the primary things that we believe in. And what I've done this morning is I'd like us to do this together, and that is to read the Apostles' Creed together. I believe that this is a statement and a declaration this morning of our faith and the message that we have. And so let's read the Apostles' Creed. And this was since the end of the third century. Let's read it together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Mary, Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From here, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. We believe that. We have one message. Could you say amen to that? Amen. Wow. I can't hear the back. I think that's the problem. I, we have some very enthusiastic people in the front two rows. But can you say amen to what we just read? Amen. One message. The third thing is this. We have one mission. One man, Jesus. One message. And one mission. John 17, 18. Jesus says, Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And Mark 16, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere. Church, we have one mission throughout our city, throughout the world. And we're expressing it through the message that Jesus has given us. When I think of one message, I think of the Canadian Olympic hockey team. Um, I actually was going to wear my hockey jersey this morning, but they lost last night. So not the Canadians, the Canadians won. But I think of the, the Olympic team, and we watch day in and day out, we watch hockey players bash themselves against the boards, brutally hitting them. Of course, we hear about, you know, concussions and head injuries and all of these kinds of things. But when we put them on the same team, you take someone like Chris Pronger and you take uh, Keith Duncan, you take some of the hockey players and you take Jerome McGinley and, and Joe Norton. I can't remember all their names. But that's good enough, right? You take them on and you put them on the same team and you give them the same goal and the same purpose. They do amazing things. Well, that's as the church of Langley. We've been given one message. We're not on different teams. This is not a competition. And it's, it's actually amazing. Somebody prayed before the service that we're actually gathering in a place of competition. And in this place of competition, we are declaring we're on the same team. We're on the same side. We're declaring the same message. And we're on the same mission as the church of Langley.
I used to be a high school teacher, and uh, one, it's really interesting because you get stereotypes. There's stereotypes in, in band and in orchestras, and you know, you kind of look at things, and you look at percussionists, people that play the drums, and, and you find that they're actually kind of insensitive. Don't take any offense. This is the stereotype. Unintelligent. <laughs> but they're fun-loving. And they also say they're hard of hearing. That, that would be the percussionist. And then you take the string players, and they're kind of arrogant and stuffy, and people look at string players as being non-athletic. And then you look at the brass, and they just get one definition, they're loud. We actually sang all these things. And then there's the woodwind. They're quiet, meticulous, but they're a little bit egotistical. And you take all of these different instruments, you take all of these different musicians and you put them in one place focused on one theme and one message, one song. What an amazing sound they make. I believe that's one of the things that we're called to is have that unity of sound. You know, I, I was thinking about unity and one of the ways we can express it is by talking respectfully about other churches talking respectfully and honoring Christian leaders. We are not in a competition. We have a church, we have churches in Willoughby, we have churches in Langley City and South Langley and Aldergrove, throughout the city of Langley. And if we speak poorly of them, we're going contrary to the message that Jesus has, that we would esteem one another, we would prefer one another, we would exhort one another and encourage one another, we would love one another, just as he loved us. That's how we begin to display our unity. Just as I close this morning, one man, Jesus, basically, this is all about Jesus. Believing in Him, following Him. I would say this morning, if you're here, and maybe your neighbors dragged you out and woke you up early on New Year's morning, thinking, what a great way to start the new year. And you're looking at all of these people and kind of doing some funny dances up at the front and different things. But if you're here, and you sense the Spirit of God working and, and you see the strength of unity, it's because of Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and someone brought you, I would strongly encourage you, ask them about their faith in Jesus Christ. Ask them what it means to be a Christian and to live a life as a disciple following Jesus Christ. But don't leave this morning and don't start the new year without at least exploring the Christian faith. And I would say to those of you who are believers, Jesus' prayer for us was that we would be one just as He and the Father are one. Come on, that's Jesus' heart. Jesus' heart for the church, Jesus' heart for the believers, that we would be one. As I close this morning, um, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to read a scripture passage together. Again, that declares our unity and strength of the church. One man, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. One message. And one mission. 
How many want to see people meet Jesus this year? Come on, that's what we're about. We have one message, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. We're called to go throughout the world. Would you stand with me? And let's read this scripture passage together. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you in walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Could you say amen? Amen. I want to encourage you again. Our differences will not make a difference. Our unity will. One man, one message, one mission. Amen? Amen. Lord bless you.